0: Hello listeners and welcome back to Second Take Cinema, coming at you from the glorious Impala Films Headquarters in sunny Southend-on-Sea. I am your host, Jamie Evans, joined as always by my co-host, Rory Jocelyn. Hello everybody! And it is the day after Valentine's Day. Are you ready for part two of our Valentine's Day special? We didn't A couple of days ago, we bought you the notebook, (laughs) Rachel McAdams, Ryan Gosling, and today, get Mm. ready to have the time of your life as we give a second take to dirty dancing That's right, ladies and gentlemen, today, today, we are going back to ye old year of 1987 to watch Dirty Dancing, starring Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, written by Eleanor Bergstein, produced by Linda Gottlieb and directed by Emile Ardolino. You probably know this film. This is a film that is in the pop culture quite firmly. Uh, Everybody knows Dirty Dance, even if they've not seen it. Mm. Everyone knows the line, nobody puts baby in a corner. It's also been referenced in a million and one different TV shows. My favourite reference to it ever is in How I Met Your Mother, when Barney tries to claim that Patrick Swayze's backstory is his own backstory. What from this film? Yeah, 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 and they do the scene where it's doing the baby <laughs> mass, but it's it's Neil Patrick Harris dressed mm. up as, and they've like made him look like he's in the footage from Dirty Dancing. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really good. Uh, this film was made on a budget of four point five million dollars, which seems like nothing nowadays, and it? made a huge two hundred and fourteen million dollars. Hang on. It was $4.5 million in 1987. Yep. Which it today's Trek, money is... Yeah, no, no, no. Well, <laughs> no, no. But Star Trek Wrath of Khan came out 1982, I think. Yep. And was, tw- uh, I think, about $20 million, Or $18 Yeah. So... This had way lower. But don't get me wrong, obviously, it has way less visual effects. Yeah, I don't remember the bit where Patrick Swayze got on a spaceship in this. No, no, but it's. it. So, obviously, I understand a lot of that cost probably would have gone to the visual effects that this didn't have. Yeah. But still, if you compare that, like, you're talking about a big blockbuster movie with stars yeah. in it. And to be honest, your, your other big difference is this. It, so, this is an original IP. Star mm. Trek is a franchise where you're bringing back characters who have played those ca- actors who have played those characters for a long time. And with that, comes probably come my salary. Demands. yeah come on yeah probably you you know shatner was like i want millions <laughs> <laughs> well chris um chris what's his name pine yes chris pine it refused to reduce his rate for a star trek four in the new like sort of alternate yeah. continuity which is understandable why should he yeah. but that's part of many suggested reasons as to why yeah that that fourth film hasn't materialized yeah So this movie, of course, won an Oscar for Best Original Song for Mm. I've Had the Time of My Life. That'll be relevant in a moment. Was that original for this film? It was, yeah. Oh, I thought that was just a pop song at the time. Uh, and critically, the film has a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, with the site's critical consensus reading, Like its winsome characters, Dirty Dancing uses impressive choreography and the power of song to surmount a series of formidable obstacles. Metacritic, another review aggregator, assigns the film a weighted average of 65 out of 100, uh, which indicates generally favourable reviews. The New York Times described the film as a metaphor for America in the summer of 1963, Orderly, prosperous, bursting with good intentions, a sort of Yiddish inflected camelot. Yiddish inflected? That's interesting. I don't quite know what they mean by that. I think because the from what I've read, the writer of this Goldstein. Yeah, yeah. She, she wrote it based on her life as a young Jewish woman. Oh. And okay. she'd go to like a lot of the element she apparently was called baby until about 22. Things like that. So I wonder if Jennifer uh, Gray and her family are supposed to be Jewish then. I think they're supposed to be. Right. I I think that is somewhat implied that a lot of the people there are Jewish. A lot of the people at least who are um, on the on the upper class end of it. Um, But uh, it it is it is awkward because it's there's a few elements of this we'll get to it later but I think there's several different class or social political things it goes through where it touches on them but it doesn't explicitly state them yeah. and i think the jewishness of the yeah. upper classes in this is something that's only sort of referenced visually a bit and even then it's like we're not going to focus on that which is the right thing to do I got the name wrong sorry it's Bergstein not Goldstein oh sorry but also it's weird that like considering the film never goes this is the Jewish group considering they don't mention it it's weird for them the The reviewer to to then say it's got this Yiddish vibe yeah it's a very strange thing to add Uh, other reviews were more mixed with Gene Siskel giving the film a marginal thumbs up as he liked Jennifer Grey's acting and development of the character however Roger Ebert Getting it wrong for once e but oh, no. gave the film a thumbs down due to its idiot plot describing it as tired and relentlessly predictable story of love between kids from different backgrounds. Time magazine was lukewarm saying if the ending of Eleanor Bergstein's script is too neat and inspirational the rough energy of the film's song and dance does carry one along past the whispered doubts of better judgement. In a retrospective review Jezebel's Irene Carmen called the film the greatest movie of all time as a (laughs) great brave movie for women with some subtle retrospectively sharp-eyed critiques of class and gender I'm going to say not just for women I think this is a great film yeah um abortion rights advocates have called the film the gold standard for cinematic portrayals of abortion. Yeah, because at the time that this is set, there was no legal abortion in America. Yeah. The intended audience for the film was teenagers, but actually drew a largely adult audience, with viewers rating the film very highly. Many filmgoers, after seeing the film once, went back into the theatre to watch it a second time, and word-of-mouth promotion took the film to number one position in the United States, and in ten days it had broken the ten million dollar mark. My I i reckon the reason for that mm. is it accidentally hit what would now be considered the mummy porn crowd yeah um because it's set 20 years prior it's not yeah. set in the 80s so it's set when mums now yeah. at the time would have been mm. teenagers etc before they had yeah. kids it was them going oh but i could get like i could have had a patrick swayze and it's a you know it's even though, weirdly enough, it didn't have a lot of 60s music, it mm. was very much reminiscent of their time. Yeah, uh, You get that a lot now with a lot of retro-infused, what we call now retro stuff, the stuff yeah. that's set in the 80s, and it's coming into the 90s, which is where yeah, people who are Ugh. adults now were kids in that yeah. era and miss that era. Yeah. Um, um, the, film's com- the film's popularity continued to grow after its initial release, and in 1988, so the year after it was released, it was the best-selling video... Home Video. It was the first film ever to sell a million copies on Home Video. And when the film was re-released in 1997, ten years after the original release, Patrick Swayze was given his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Good. Well earned. I like Swayze. As of 2005, so that's quite a way after the film came out. It's nearly 20 years after it came Mm. out. It was still selling a million DVDs a year. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot for a, like a, an out of date film, quote unquote. Yeah, um, it just obviously resonated with people. Yeah. A May 2007 survey by Britain's Sky Movies listed Dirty Dancing as the number one film on women's most watched films above the Star Wars trilogy, Grease, The Sound of Music, and Pretty Woman. Uh, also, the film's music, last, last thing to say, the film's music has had a considerable impact with I've Had the Time of My Life being listed as the third most popular song to be played at funerals in the UK. Aww. Which oh, is... that's kind of a sad tone on that song. That's kind of sad. Song. It's kind of sad, but it also means you've written a song that had a massive fucking impact. Yeah. If people be- want that played I'll, at their funeral. I'll be honest, this has an incredible soundtrack, this film. Oh, it's great. It's, it's, in my can... opinion, it's one of the best soundtracks in film history. It is, it's got to be up there at the very least. Yeah. It's yeah, that Every song is incredibly well chosen. I, I thought that the song, uh, Time of My Life, was a pop song that they used in that this. That they just licensed, yeah. Yeah, but it's not. It was written for... This for film. Them. Well, it must be because it won Best Original Song at the Oscars. There you go then, jeez. Uh, but yeah, and bit, it's now become... It's probably because, obviously I was one when this film came out. I don't remember its release. Mm. But by the time I was a child, even like five years old or something like that, mm. it was played at every single yeah. wedding, party. Yeah. That song would always get boshed out. Yeah. So it became known for me as a pop song rather yeah. than actually associated with yeah. this film. But seeing it in context for the first time was good. The soundtrack to this film is so good that I've actually considered buying the vinyl for my vinyl player. Yeah, I think it's one of those few films where you're like, this is a soundtrack that deserves a bit more appreciation. Anywho, speaking of soundtrack, it's time to play this episode's quiz game... As we've just said, Dirty Dancing, for the song I had the time of my life, won the Oscar for best original song. Yes. I'm going to name you 10 different years, and you're going to tell me what won best original song that year. I'm failing this one straight up. Okay. What film? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you know the title of the song as well, that would be great. Sure. So what I did consider doing was actually playing the songs, but then I realised we'd get taken down for copyright infringement. Yeah, yeah. Can I just preface this before we start? Mm -hmm. I have very good, very deep knowledge of music, but within a very particular frame, specifically the techno and rave genre, I don't think we're going to get the shaman... (laughs) <laughs> Ebenezer a good no. appear on this list no so I could say it's not yeah unless it's incredibly poppy I probably won't know it if you need hints I will have some hints available okay so the first one is 1989 what won best original song at the Oscars in 1989 they're always from films the, yeah they're always from films there's no trick questions and I can give you a hint if you need it can I take a hint this is an animated Disney movie Oh, Little Mermaid under the sea. It is under the sea, Little yes! Mermaid. Well done. <laughs> wow, I didn't think you would get that. Number nine, 1986. Can I take a clue? This is a live action film mm. starring Tom Cruise. Oh, that probably gave it away too much. It's not Top Gun, is it? It is Top Gun. But which songs? There could be two, couldn't they? There's two big songs in that. I'm not going to guess it. Is it the one when he's in the plane? I've never seen Top Gun, so you have to specify. I haven't seen Top Gun either. <laughs> okay, there's two options. There's two songs that are associated with Top Gun. Okay, I'm not going to be able to guess it. Okay, it's Take My Breath Away. Take my breath away.
1: I didn't know that was in Top
0: Gun. Jeez. Yeah, it's that in Danger Zone. Highway danger Zone would have been one. That... To the yeah, danger, danger Zone. zone. <laughs> uh, yeah, take my breath away. It's by Berlin, I believe. Oh, All right. Yeah. in slow motion. Yeah. And... I think it plays during the sex scene. Right. They should have played Highway to the Danger Zone during the sex yeah. scene. <laughs> okay. This next one is the oldest song on the list. 1961. Oh, blimey, that is early still. And posters of this film still... I think it's still one of, like, the number one sold posters in the world. I had it in my dorm room at uni because I'm just that cool. Is it a horror? No. I'll give you that. It is not a horror movie. I honestly can't think of it, though. It is Moon River from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, blimey. Moon River. Okay, up next, much more modern... 2012 oh okay it's sung by a british singer and it was the first adele skyfall god damn you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was about to say it is the first time this franchise won best original song nice what's it what's i'll tell you what's interesting this is the first time it won it mm. and then it's won it every time since nice because the, cause, the cause, it was Skyfall, and Spectre, Spectre, wasn't it? Yep. Sam Smith won for that, yep. and then it was No Time to Die, and Billie Eilish won for that. Wow! So Adele has stopped, which, in my opinion, is undeserved because those two are nowhere near as good as Skyfall. No, Skyfall was. Ex- I'm not. Sky- I'm not a I fan don't of like Adele, Adele. I don't like Adele. That skyfall that- was a banger. Yeah, that was exceptional. Yeah, um, I love Skyfall. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, that was funny that you great just from it's a British singer. <laughs> yeah, I was like British singer 2012. It's got a Skyfall. Okay. This is the one that you might get this or you won't get it. Well, that's all of the questions. I know, Jamie. but <laughs> 1971. Ooh. So I might be wrong about this hint, but I think it's sung by <laughs> someone from South Park. Was Isaac Hayes in South Park? Yes, he was. Yes, this is sung by Isaac Hayes. Wow. Now I wish I'd looked up Isaac Hayes' back catalogue past South Park. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm going to be a I'm drawing a blank. It is Shaft it's from Shaft. Shaft. Oh my God, I should have known that. Okay, up next. Can I have a hint? It is directed by Damien Chazelle, and it stars Ryan Gosling. Ooh. And Ryan Gosling sings this song. That's the one he did with Lady Gaga, isn't it? No, you're thinking of, um, you're not thinking that Ryan Gosling never did a film with Lady Gaga. You're, think, not? you're thinking of Bradley Cooper from A Star Is Born That bastard, it is Bradley Cooper in A Star Is this, Born is, this is, They don't uh, even this look is, alike This is two years before Star Is Born <laughs> the, only, the closest I'm, I know of Of that time from him was um, Blade Runner but the, he didn't oh. sing a song For Blade Runner And I, even then I think Blade Runner is more modern than that It is City of Stars From La La Land Oh I knew it was one of them I, I don't know the difference between no. La La Land and Star the Is Born, one, yeah. they're completely different films but we'll do them both because they're not both a bloke good. can a woman singing and dancing. True, that's true. The true same but they're both good. Same. thing. Okay, we're going <laughs> back to year old year of 1980. Righto. This is a very famous song. Girls allowed to a cover of it at one point <laughs> on tour, <laughs> so don't don't factor that in. Right. And the name of the song is the same as the name of the film, right. and it's one word. 1980. Is there another hint available or is that... I could give you one more, but it definitely gives it away. So only if you're really stuck. Okay. And it's at one word, you said. The title is one word. Alien. <laughs> no. <laughs> can I have the hint on... Um, I'm going to live forever. Riker. No. <laughs> he <laughs> you says know that it? On next Gen. No, I have no idea. Fame. I'm, I'm na- going to live forever. I've never seen it. I'm going to learn how to fly. I haven't seen that girly shit. I'll see it come... I've never (laughs) seen Fame, but I know the song Fame. Yeah, but you like musicals. Yeah, but it plays on the radio all the time. I don't listen to the radio. Okay. Right. There's no rave on the radio. Okay, okay. we're into the top three. We're into the top three. Yeah, go on. Number three. 1991. (gasps) Terminator 2 just (laughs) (laughs) returned. Goods and Roses. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. Uh... All I've got now is... I've got two hints available if you want them. Give me one hint. Hint one. The song is sung by Angela Lansbury. Shit. Do you want the second hint? Yes, please. It's an animated movie. Oh. Oh. Is it Beauty and the Beast? It is Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Nice. Taylor's oldest. I did not know Angela Lansbury time. song that. Yeah, she's the tea kettle lady. That woman is incredible. Oh, Angela Lansbury's amazing. She's been acting in shit since 1944. Yeah. Sad when she died. Yeah, man. Uh, only like two, two, three was, years yeah, ago, weren't it? It's still only recent, but yeah. Two thousand and two. And I will admit Mission I'm, Impossible. Limp Biscuit. I'm surprised this won it. Just because it is not a genre you usually expect the Oscars to pay much credence to, especially not in 2002. whereas Ass Pussy is Nicki Minaj? <laughs> First of all, that's the wrong singer, so well done. <laughs> wet, is ass it not? P- wet Ass Pussy is Cardi B? 2002, would have come out in 2001. I'm going to need the hint. Mom's Spaghetti. Oh my god, Eight Mile. Yeah, what's Lose the song? Yourself. Lose Yourself for Eight Mile won it. Final one. <laughs> and there are no hints for this because this is so ridiculously easy if you don't get this you basically have never watched a film in your life but i just watched this one. basically no one who lived through this year even this if they year. were children right. should know like this is so obviously the song 1997 Titanic, My Heart Will Go On. Titanic, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Yes. Well, anyway, that brings us to the end of our quiz. Congratulations, you got five answers right. Yay, that's 50%. Hopefully, everyone at home did better than you did. Feel I think free to. Everyone at home did better than I did. Feel free to send us comments if you did. Got and now girl. we're going to take a short ad break and we'll be back to talk about dirty dancing. Okay, so Dirty Dancing. Um, So this was one of mine. I put this on the list. We each picked one of the Valentine's films this year. Yes. You picked The Notebook. I picked Dirty Dancing. I picked a romance Um, film. So did I. Yeah, no joke. So Dirty Dancing, uh, my history with Dirty Dancing. So I first saw it when I was about 13 in a caravan in uh, bloody Derbyshire. And it kind of went over my head a little bit. I didn't hate it at 13 but I didn't fully, I might even have been younger than 13, actually, but I didn't fully grasp a lot of the themes of the film. Sure. Um, I then didn't see it for a long, long time. Mm. And a few years ago, I'd say four years ago, sort of 2018 time, um, I saw the 30th anniversary edition in HMV, and it was in a sale and it cost like no money, so I bought it. And I've watched it about three times since in the last few years. I think it's brilliant. So I wanted to show it to you. Nice. i would be <laughs> honest, I've never seen it before. Um, I've always kind of wanted to, but I, I was kind of hoping I would get to watch it with someone that I'm romantically involved with. Instead, it's you, Jamie. Uh, I didn't get any joy from you in this <laughs> particular viewing experience. <laughs> <laughs> Must not make jokes. too many jokes must mock rory (laughs) but no seriously um yeah i have to say i enjoyed my watch of this one um i expected to like the retroness of it at the very least um but i actually do like it as a film as well i think it deals with a lot of themes that i wasn't expecting yeah, yeah, it's um, a deceptively deep film, I think. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting that a lot of the critics of the time missed the themes, or at mm. least didn't pay much heed to them. And I'm wondering if that's because they missed them, or because it was, because that would still be in the swing of Reaganism, wouldn't it? So yeah, yeah, '97, so, yeah, yeah. So the the acceptance of you know people maybe requiring abortions, or you know certainly, uh, let's say. For men forcing themselves upon women in mm. the way that is not shown but yeah. is suggested in this film, yeah. that sort of thing would have been very uh, uncomfortable. It yeah. is uncomfortable to see, I, I... but I think it would have been uncomfortable for them yeah. to discuss, so I think maybe a few critics would have batted that away as in, oh, this is left-wing garbage. I think it's one of those common things that happens as well because of genre bias. Because it's not just this film, it's, it's, you could see this since the dawn of movie making. There's loads of films that come out and at the time are critically derided and then gain appreciation later. Yeah. I think a lot of the time it's because it it happens in horror a lot. Because I think people go... Critics at the time go, oh, it's just a stupid horror film. I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm just going to yeah. So they miss a lot of the deeper elements of it. Yeah, and then years later, people go back and find them. Do you think it's sexism, or do you think because obviously horror, horror doesn't have there's no sexism for the reason that horror is considered trash genre. genre. It's just that yeah, it's just but it's just it's given that whereas romance. Like rom coms, romance—they're generally female centric. Yeah, but they're, um, they're but considered they're stu- a base genre as well. Yeah, so like uh, any any themes that you might put into a romance might be considered to be shallow or worthless. Yeah, um, is, do you think that maybe play a, a play of sexism, or do you think that's just because it's considered a base genre in the same way that yeah, horror is? I mean, it could be, and maybe I'm being naive, but I I think it's more just the genre bias. Why do you um, think there's a genre bias against romance specifically? Because, like, there's... I mean, there's genre bias against sci-fi, but it's yeah. not considered dumb. Um, there's genre bias against horror, but it's considered dumb because there's oh. so much to it within it. Same reason. There's so many to romance movies. Right. So, uh, um, but it's I think particu- Hallmark hasn't helped yeah, either with its formula. it's particularly formula. in literature as well. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard the term chiclet. Yes. Um. Not chiclet. chiclet. <laughs> um. That is... That's a tiny lady that works at KFC. Well, <laughs> it's it's books like that where... So I've got some, because I like romance stories. And I've got a couple of very good romance novels. Mm. But I've also got a couple of really shit romance novels with paper-thin characterization and plotting. And I think stuff like that... Is, it's because it's it's romance can be a very... At times, can be a very formulaic genre, just like horror. Horror's <laughs> got a very formulaic thing to it where you can just look at it as okay we need a monster we need five teenagers you're the jock you're this you're that you're that you die in this order and the death scenes need to be spaced this far apart teen comedies have a similar thing like everyone has an archetype you hit the archetype yeah and that's all you need to be the worst romance films. so again not all but the worst ones they're the same thing boy meets girl they don't get along at first yep um X, Y, and Z happens, they end up falling in love. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I can see. So it's... What have, <laughs> I think it, there's more chance for romance to be seen more intelligently than, say, mummy porn, um, which is not the same. No. 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 I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey is garbage. Yes, as is Twilight. Which, to be fair, haven't seen Fifty Shades of Grey, to be fair. I've seen Twilight, it is garbage. Um... Yeah, It is pure bilge. Yeah, I got hired once to write a script for a short film. Mm. As in, I was hired. It wasn't my project. And I met with the guy, and he told me what he wanted, and it had all these vampires in it, and I started writing it. And I sent him what I'd got so far, and he came back to me and was like, I want the vampires to be softer. Um, I want them to be more like Twilight. And I quit. (laughs) You quit? He was not paying me enough to write Twilight. How much would you need to be paid to write Twilight? A year of my salary now. Wow. That's a big jump. Yeah. Which to be fair is a sort of that is the sort of fear script writer can expect in Hollywood. Yeah. But this was not a guy. This was just a guy. This was an indie filmmaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, And obviously and you weren't taking just... you weren't taking that level of salary for what you were writing before. I was basically being paid a pen. Penance. Yeah, yeah. Pittance. And it, he wasn't... I think but it's, Twilight pushed you over if it, the edge. If it had just been soft vampires, I could have lived with it. But Twilight, But when, when we we had a meeting and went through it, and he basically wanted a remake of Twilight. And I was like... You well, don't you need ca-. you for that. I was like, well, you can't make this, because they will sue you. Yeah. Stephanie Meyer will sue your candy ass. And he, he didn't need you for that. He can rewrite Twilight. Yeah. It's there. It's finished. Yeah. So, So uh yeah. I didn't do that. No, fair enough. <laughs> you did not anyway. rewrite Twilight. So, Dirty Dancing. Um, I mean, where do we start? This film is one of those rare films, and these don't happen often, where it's not necessarily that the film is unique. It's not necessarily that the film is smarter than other films because it's not really. It's not really that it does anything in it that's like this was the first time this was ever done. No. It's just one of those things. It's a perfect where, storm. Yeah, a perfect storm. All the elements fall in the right place at the right time, mm. and the film has a magic to it. Yeah, yeah. Th- I I couldn't tell you anything about this that makes it a better rom com or romance film. Than particularly any other one, other than it feels so electric. Yeah, and that's Everything not something works that you can. In this film. You, you, yeah, and and the problem with that, as they found with this film, is that's not something you can formulate. Yeah, you I co- mean they tried, didn't they? Yeah, they? They tried a series, they tried a remake, they tried a, a sequel, a sequel. I think there's been a stage adaptation that bombed. Yeah, they, and we're getting an, to we're another getting one. another sequel in twenty twenty five. And Jennifer Gray's coming back apparently, and oh, you're okay. like Jennifer Grey, you are sixty. I'm guessing she's not playing that role. She might play the mum. No, she's playing Baby. But it will be Baby Goes Back There. So it's a sequel then, not a remake? No, it's a sequel. I said sequel, didn't I? Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. she's playing Baby. And I can tell you now what it'll be. (laughs) He's dead? It'll be he's dead, and she goes back there mourning him. And it'll be her with her and Johnny's kids. Oh, do you think? It's going to be awful. No, no. Do you think they're going to do that? The aging thing, and they're going to see a it? ghost of Patrick Swayze. She's going to dance with a ghost of Swayze. If she dances with a ghost of Patrick Swayze. A, I'm buying a ticket and seeing it. And B, I'm then filling my pockets with concrete and jumping off the pier. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I know it I is. Think, and I need to it see Ramis it. In, uh... I need to see it, and then I need to die because <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> like, it no, would be so disrespectful, but I think that's the. I, I hope not. But I can only imagine that's what they're doing. They're well, we can just rebuild him as a ghost. Oh. And then it turns into a remake of Ghost. <laughs> Except this time he actually is a ghost. Do you think Whoopi we Goldberg Whoopi... is going to... Yeah. No, she's too busy on that talk show she hosts. To be honest, the no view, one, is it? nobody is busy on that talk show. Um, okay, let's start with the setting then. Yes. We, don't usually, we don't often start in settings, do we? Yeah, this is set in the 60s, even though it was obviously made in the 80s. Yeah, so At it's those got... country club... Uh, resorts, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a retro... So that gives it an immediate retro vibe, which, to be fair, helps grab an audience. Mm. Because it means that... Because you said it was set for... It was designed to be for teenagers. Yeah, that's the audience they thought they were going to get was teens. But it kind of helps that it was set in the past then because they grabbed the teen audience for the romance and the fact that it's sexy Swayze. Yeah. But they also grabbed the mum audience because they set it in a time from where they would have been teenagers. So it's actually... Whether or not that was on purpose, it was a very, very smart move. Yeah. In terms of setting, it actually, I don't think I can't think of many romance films, like pure romance films, that are set in the present day of when they're made. The Notebook isn't set in the present day. Um, Serendipity was. Um, that's not a good. One. Last Christmas was. Last Christmas was. That was um, okay, but it wasn't a classic. Age of Adeline isn't that... That is and it isn't. Yeah. Because Age of Adeline starts in the past and travels forward. Right. Um, Yeah. I I mean, Titanic's meant to be a big romance. That's set in the past. Yeah. Pearl Harbor's set in the past and it's also not good. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's... There's there's something about nostalgia which at the moment is currently being levied towards sort of a cool kid crowd. I tell you what... But I think nostalgia helps a lot with romance because a lot of people who are looking for a romance Mm. film are inclined towards remembering their first, when it was all starry, it was all new, and it was full of possibilities. And it doesn't work today because I hate to say this, and I hate to sound like an old man shaking my fist, but we're living in an era at the minute where things like love and romance and things like they're dead. They are being viewed as out of date and we're talking cheesy. about in a film sense there's just in real life yeah, everyone's got side chicks now everyone's fucking, got side chick, They've got everyone's s- looking at how to hustle each other yeah they're like, like you've got to hit my massive list of standards which i can't match and you're like well then why are you all suggesting it of others yeah like you yeah it's there's a lot of there's a lot of expectation yeah people don't without, even do yeah there's not a lot of Empathy, and yeah. That. People but don't put effort of... into dates anymore. No, nope, like... they just view them as a way to get a meal. Or, but anyway, getting off of reality, back to yeah. film, re- romance within film is also kind of dead. yes because it's played with to use the toilet paper term bathos. Um, whenever there's a romance, says, oh, or cynicism. Is... Yeah, th- there's something heartwarming about this. Is like, oh, like you'll either in a, have a comedy film where someone will walk past a straight couple and just go, oh, gay, as like a ho, huh, 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 Isn't it funny? Because it's not or they will have uh they'll try to kiss or something and one of them go god this isn't how it was supposed to be in the film or you know whatever like just basically break the flow yeah. of the of the romance there's also no heat between actors oh, because mate. there's a fear that the heat is equal to the abuse that the industry had had, yeah. i think no and the chemistry here is phenomenal yeah and the, the, we're just subjected to a lot of a lot of expectation mm. In film, you know, it's like you have to just accept this as this. You have to accept the. No one grows. No one because again, like in this film, Jennifer Gray's character has to grow as an yeah. individual. She's just a daddy's girl mm. at the start, and she, but she's got a good moral core. But she has to learn to apply herself, mm. which is what she does over the film. Yeah. Equally, Johnny, with Patrick Swayze's yeah. role, he starts the film off as quite hard nose. Like, mm. like he's seen the classic. He's got divide. a chip on his shoulder yeah, about-, about the fact that he's poor and he had this rough upbringing. Yeah. And he sees what these rich people are like, how they all think they can buy him all the time. Yeah. Um, there's a great scene, isn't there, towards the end, where she asks him how many women he slept with. And he tells her about, you know, these rich women, because he's a good looking man. He's Patrick Swayze. These women come up to him and they slip him money and they yeah. slip diamonds in his pockets, he says, to have their way with him. And she, she even does what society would do, where she assumes that that's a brag on his part. He Yeah, she thinks he's bragging. Like, I can get all these chicks. Yeah. And he's like, no, they used me. Yeah. he's the pro- He's basically a prostitute. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, they're making him into a prostitute. Yeah. Um, and they don't care because they don't respect him. Yeah. And that's what's so great about this film is that both characters grow and change and yeah. have an arc and they positively influence each other. But that a doesn't happen in ro- modern films. N- well, it doesn't happen in a lot of. Even back then, a lot of lesser romance films. Yeah. What you tend to find is one person completely. T- Greece. Look at Greece. Yeah. Sandy completely changes for John Travolta. He doesn't change an eye. He doesn't change. Anything, no, at no all. you're right. She changes her entire look, her attitude, everything. Yes, literally, the actress got sewn into trousers, yeah. That she couldn't take off, they are tight as shit. Yeah, Have you ever seen Grease? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are painted on. <laughs> oh, no, no, literally, she was sewn into them. No, I know. My no, mum no. was uh, in her late teens early 20s when that film came out mm. and obviously all the girls loved that look she looked incredible and then people would start selling what we i suppose we would now consider jeggings or something like that yeah. but an early version of that and so people would buy them to look like she did in the film the problem is they were never tight enough yeah uh, so they always looked a bit shit because they were never you know for understandable reasons Girls weren't actually getting sewn into trousers yeah. in a, such a way that they couldn't get out of them. In the way that she was during the production of the film, um, another way that you know, I suppose, fashion, like film, influences fashion. Yeah, 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 of course, um, yeah. Well, remember when um, and this is what's so great? Just to brag on how great media and stuff is sometimes. Yeah, you know, look in the nineties when every girl wanted the Jennifer Aniston haircut from Friends. Yes. Yes, it's got this great thing where they both influence each other's development. Yeah, And that's... Forget romance for a minute. How often do you actually see that in film? Where yeah. where two characters both have arcs and both arcs are intertwined yeah. so well. I think a lot of... Problem in modern cinema, and I'm not going to get on this too heavy because it's not a big issue for me per se, but there is this perception, let's put it that way, that there is... a. Uh, a, a female empowerment thing in modern cinema, insofar not in a, like in a negative way, not in a normal mm. positive way, but insofar as like the woman can never do any wrong, etc. Mm. Well, the problem with that is you can see that in films like Star Wars, uh, the new Star Wars trilogy. Mm. Ray doesn't really change. There's she's no correct. Yeah, she's correct from the start. She goes on a journey, but she's always correct, mm. and she's always winning, which means that she has no real development or growth. She doesn't have anything that she has to really overcome. Rather than a villain, but she's never has to request She never has to question herself. Um, this happens in. And there's a lot of this at the moment the with the new Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. Pe- Peach, Peach is, has no development as a character. Peach has no need for Mario in that film. Yeah, like she literally. When they go, who's that? Literally, no one and it, to be fair yeah mario's literally nobody at that certainly yeah. at that in point in a film called super mario brothers yeah he's literally unimportant because she like the whole point is she could have done this herself she yeah. wastes days training mario and he still fails the course yeah and you're like and then she just goes eh it doesn't matter i can do it myself anyway yeah but what are you doing then like it's that i think that's the big problem you cannot you cannot generate a film in this sense where both characters grow together if one character must start and well, basically have no arc because they're perfect from the start. Yeah. You can't go anywhere with that. The character is complete. Yeah. Well, you can't generate a romance with someone who is complete. Yeah. Because, like, in real life you can feel like a complete person and enter a relationship, that's fine. But when it comes to a story narrative for a film, yeah. you need somewhere to drive the character to. Yeah. Of course, yeah. You need a journey, an yeah. arc. So... I uh, this is that thing you have to separate the art from the reality yeah. you can be a complete person mm-hmm. and enter into a relationship have a great relationship and be as complete before yeah. as you are inside the relationship But for a narrative, for a film, you need a journey. Let's talk about the acting as well, because since we've talked about the character arcs... Yes. We'll start with the two leads. Obviously, Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze. Mm. Famously don't actually get on very well during the production of this film. No. I think largely because, A, Patrick Swayze was actually injured during the making of this and was in a lot of pain. Yeah. But also, uh, what I've always heard is he found her to be too self-serious. And right. too stuck up, and she found him to be too lackadaisical. Yes, is what I've always heard, and you can actually see it at one point. There's a bit in the film where he's like doing this slow brush down her body with his hand, and she keeps laughing. Yes, and the look—he—he's not acting at one bit at one bit he literally just loses his shit and like almost like starts to walk off camera sort of thing yeah um and that's real apparently like he really lost it with her yeah but the chemistry is incredible i think that's why though because again it's that arc Mm. a lot of these films they'll start off that the romance has begun and like in this case obviously she fancies him but he doesn't actually fancy her per se. No, he's, I mean, he quite, he, he quite dislikes it, doesn't he? Because yeah. he's got the chip on his shoulder yeah. where he's like, oh, it's just one of these rich bitches, blah, and blah, blah. he's just using her to help... Well, he's, he's using her, she's offered to help, yeah. to uh, complete a, like, a, a... To help his friend Penny. Well, yeah, to complete a dance showcase for the next year because Penny yeah. is currently not available due to... The abortion. Needing, yeah. yeah. That goes so, wrong. Yeah. Because so, even when, when Baby first gets the money, because that's a brutal line is brutal when she right. gets the money and he's like, yeah, it takes a lot of courage to go running to Daddy. Yeah, that was unfair as well. Yeah. At that point, it's like, dude, that's not earned. He's like helping... She's helping you out and yeah. she's gone out of her way. Yeah. But that's him, him like, having she- this... The chip, chip on, on the his shoulder. shoulder, isn't it? But I, I think that's why, like again, a lot of romance films will start off with them in a romance. The romance goes wrong, and then they have to reclaim it in some way. Yeah. Whereas with this one, they're not in a relationship. She may fancy him, but he's not only not interested from the f- off, but he's quite antagonistic to her. Yeah, because she's just this posh bitch who will go run to daddy, whatever. And he has to learn to respect her for what she is and who she is. Yeah, the same way that she has to relearn. Like that is more than just a piece of ass. So I think there's. I think that's something else that's to the strength of this film. Uh, there is a big journey. I always like Patrick Swayze and stuff. Um, he's always good. His dancing. This is very good and he when i saw him in point break he's he just exudes a natural charisma he's yeah. playing a villain in point break yeah, yeah. and yet he's still he, incredibly charismatic that's the point though isn't it because is i've not seen point break but isn't the point that keanu reeves character is almost seduced to the dark yes, side he is yeah by how charismatic uh patrick swayze is yeah that's right yeah but um, you, that wouldn't work if Swayze couldn't pull it off. Yeah, of and course. he pulls. He makes it seem so easy. Yeah, he's got a real likability to him. Yeah. Swayze has. Uh, and you're right. The dancing in this film is on, but from everyone. Oh yeah, like they must have trained so hard. Yeah. for this film. Um, the, dirt, uh, the the first dirty dancing sequence where it's him and Penny and my God, the flexibility on that woman. Oh, she's when she insane, puts her, isn't she? she? puts her ankle up by his head and like bends down into his... I was like, fucking hell. She's bending I into would shapes pull, I didn't know was human. I, I would pull every muscle in my body if <laughs> yeah. I attempted that. To be fair, I think she's practiced a bit more than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all the... Da- and i tell you what's great about this film. It's got lots of heat and a lots of sexiness. Yes. No sex scenes. Yes. We there's there's it's a, it's suggested or implied in certain scenes. Yeah. But you never see or, the or act you itself. see the lead up to it. Yeah. You see him the... taking her top off and kissing up her body at one point. Yeah. And then it's like the next day and they're both in bed and yeah. the act has been done. Like we, we yeah. don't need to see it again. I'm always I always find that classier than actually showing some blokes slamming. Yeah. against a woman i don't need to see that unless it's yeah. a porno but that's a different i didn't come here for that yeah it's not the same thing we're not reviewing that's porno. a different dirty dancing <laughs> yeah i mean the, the during the dance sequences there's a lot of what. what's so interesting in this as well is the way that that all of the dancers are considered scum because they dance sexy, they're just and, entertainers. Because they're just well. entertainers, yeah. that's considered like a lower class. But also because the dancing is sexy. But the people running the establishment are hypocrites because you hear them saying to the dancers, you know, D- you know, dance with these women, do whatever that you know, make it sexy, make them feel yeah. like it. But nothing at blah 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 yeah, blah. Don't take it any step further. Just is purely professional, yeah. right? And, and meanwhile, whilst turning a blind eye to what the rich waiter staff are doing... Well, actually, uh, he, Robbie, he, he actually pushes it, doesn't he? Because he introduces Robbie and he tells them that he's in Yale at the moment because, obviously, he's working yeah, yeah. There as a waiter between years at Yale. Yeah, yeah, And so it's like the idea is that he's trying to pair the yeah. waiting staff off because they're actually intelligent, high-born... And I couldn't help but feel... I'm not saying they deliberately did... This is a metaphor. It's just one of those accidental things. It is such... Uh, example of how we treat sex work in the western world at the minute where it's almost this necessary part of society you know you you always catch like celebrities with hookers and politicians with hookers and things like that or strippers or everyone watches porn etc etc but then there's an attitude of well these people are low class because because they're doing a sexy thing we don't want them to stop doing the sexy thing Well, you say let's put it into something other than sex work, something like pole dancing. Well, pole dancing is a classed as a type of sex work. It's not because you're not having sex. It's still classed as sex work. Is prostitution? No, 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 no. Sex work is it's cam work, prostitution, stripping, pole dancing. That's all considered sex work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm outside of this. Yeah, But but one way or the other, my point is, people like to look down on it. Mm. and yet it's a necessary part of society and we have that here where it's yeah i want you to do it so that the guests come and spend more money Mm. but you're also scum and we're going to make you stay in these other cabins that are like off to the side of the uh, area and i don't want to see you fraternizing with the guests outside of paid lessons and things like that sure um, and I just thought that was really interesting and it speaks to a lot of like societal attitudes and a lot of class dynamics as well. Yeah, yeah. Certainly in the UK, but obviously this is an American film. So mm. I guess is the irony is that America will consider itself post class, but well, Britain at the moment considers itself post classism, which is bullshit. <laughs> um, said, we're one of those classist societies. Oh yeah. I know. If anything, it's gotten worse in the last 10 years than it has ever been, uh, or at least in the lot, like, any, it's been in like 50, 60 years, but Anyway, the, the, in America, they would like to pres- consider themselves post-classism because they got rid of the Brits. That's yeah, why, so but, they don't have class. But, yeah, but there they are consider- defined class systems in America. They considered themselves past imperialism, yeah. and yet the entire period of history, like they are known as Imperial America a lot yeah. of the time because yeah. they're going in and taking over countries. And in terms of acting as well, I want to shout out Jerry Orbach as well as the dad. Yeah, he's he's brilliant in this there's that the scene when he's found out that baby has banged Patrick Swayze, and he's sitting out I like on the? How you de- put that in the most sensitive yeah. terms? And he's sitting out on the deck, and he's done the whole "you know I don't know who you are anymore" thing. Yeah, and she comes to tell him like, "Sorry." He has no dialogue in that scene. Oh, absolutely! Literally, not even not like one sound. word. And yet, every emotion plays out across his face. Yeah, you can see him struggling to hold it together. The fact that he goes to speak just a second too late after she stormed away. Yeah, like he turns that, to stop her. And that man is late, an incredible gone. actor. Yeah, shame he's not um, with us anymore. Yeah, but that and that performance tells you everything because it's all in the subtleties. Yeah, a lesser actor would have played it just okay. Yeah but you wouldn't have gotten so many grades of emotion yeah. with literally zero. Like he's got zero to do. Yeah. And yet he's doing all of it. Yeah. That scene would not work as well without him. No, not at all. By a long margin. He's doing a lot of the heavy lifting in that scene. Yeah. Um, And do you want to know which bit always makes me tear up? Go on. Is the bit where, <laughs> at the risk of admitting this, I don't know why it didn't when I was younger, but it does now. The bit, after, after the abortion's gone wrong, mm. and the dad comes and fixes it, yes, and tells her never to see them again, mm. and she goes up to see Patrick Swayze, and he's doing the whole, you know, I don't mean anything. Your dad means every, you know, your dad did something real tonight. I could, yeah. Be- and he goes, and you, you know, you, baby, you're not scared. Of anything. she goes, I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of what we did. I'm scared of this. What, and I'm most of all, I'm scared of walking out of here and never feeling again in my whole life. The way I do when I'm with you. And That's I, the first time she admits that she's actually got like yeah, proper. And feelings I don't know why her. every time I don't like full on sob or anything like that. Yeah. But every time my eyes water a bit when she says that, I'm like, oh, man, you have to dab your eyes with your silk handkerchief. Nobody put baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cries at that line. I do, not a baby oh, in the corner. No, no, no. Not, Nobody puts baby. I in was going to say, no one cries at that line. No, because that's a victorious line. That's the fuck I was say yeah. a Victorian. <laughs> nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> one does not um, put baby in the corner. My God, though the two. Do you know what? I don't know if you needed two nerd villains in this. You've got Robbie, the prep school Yale boy. Yes. And you've got the grandson of the owner of the thing. And I guess that's because, oh, I suppose, like, to be honest, I don't know. Is it Neil? It's Neil, isn't it? The grandson.
1: I, I don't know don't why remember. you don't
0: just, you could just have Neil be the one who knocked up Penny. Yeah, because um, the thing is, I don't is, think you is, necessarily did both of them. Well, it's, it, w- <laughs> There's, there, uh, there is a little bit of unnecessary fluff in this, I suppose. Mm. If you look at the characters from a, like, completely raw perspective yeah. because you're right you've got the nerd grandson who is dating baby oh, that their parents want baby to date who is a complete sap
1: yeah, there are whole but loves th- to
0: try and play what with what little power he has got oh, as yeah. the grandson of the owner. Yeah, loves to throw that around, doesn't he? And that's you great because that. it shows that he, uh, what he would probably be like in a very microscopic scale mm. in a relationship. He's the guy with the money. He's the guy with the power. Yeah. You are an underling oh, to him, mate. The cringiest line in the whole film is the first time he takes baby out and he's showing off trying and it's very clear it's so clear that it's small man syndrome yeah and him being like oh i've got a bigger dick um he's talking about how all the women like swayze and i think he says the lifeguard i don't think we ever meet the lifeguard no but you imagine a lifeguard's a fairly in shape buff dude as well usually and he's on about how he's showing off to a girl you're on a date with yeah um Oh yeah, I took two go- I took a girl away from him and the guy was like I take girls away from all these guys and they're always like I don't understand it what does he got that I don't got and the answer is two hotels. Um, oh, so, yeah, like it's that. such a cringe flex, oh, isn't mate. it? It's like oh, it's such a and the-, the worst part is it's, it's cuz it's so accurate. I've yeah. met people like that. Yes oh, yeah, people think he's better than me just because he's, like, tall or just because he's got muscles or whatever. And the pl- but uh, yeah. actually, I did this and I did that. And and like, I, do- I took girls away from him. Fuck yeah. off. Oh, and it says a lot because it's like, well, Patrick Swayze doesn't even think he's in competition with you, but you're flexing on him. Yes. It's like, what's the point? Like, that that's how you know it's bullshit. Yeah, that's it's, exactly what Patrick it is. Because Patrick Swayze doesn't go, well, I'm better than him. And he doesn't need to. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I, I like that. That was cool. But you've got him... But, and there's also a bit of a plot hole in a way because he he kind of disappears for certain parts of this film. Yeah, he doesn't come she... looking for her while she's rehearsing for the show, does he? Yeah, and you're like, well, she's been away for like three, four days. Considering how possessive he is of her, yeah. the one time he does go and see her while she's learning yeah. to dance and just misses them about yeah. to kiss um he doesn't get that that's what's happening he thinks that he's paying for dance lessons he flexes again about how much money he's got and all this shit yeah um and pressing his power on patrick swayze but that's it he doesn't even seem that bothered he's like oh yeah make sure he gives you every minute of the dance lessons you've paid for um but yeah so it would have been better rather than have him and the other villain that instead at this point He decides that because she's absent, she won't pay him any attention. He then goes to the sister. Yeah. Because that's the other storyline, isn't it? That the other nerd is after her sister. sister. Yeah. Uh, But it's the other nerd who slept with Penny and made her pregnant. Yeah. You could wrap those into one character and just have it that this guy doesn't... He's like, oh, fine. But if Baby's not interested, I'll fuck the sister then. Yeah. Goes for the sister, has already knocked up Penny at this point. And then... There's a good reason why he's not chasing her while she's yeah. learning the dance, yeah. but still comes in to flex on Swayze, yeah. thinking that there's no way she'd go for a dog like Swayze. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, th- that still leads to the same conclusion. Yeah, that's probably the one change I'd make. The other guy, that Robbie, my god, like that's something that went I like over that my he outs head. himself. That's something that went over my head at thirteen when he hands her the fountain head. And obviously, didn't realize what the fuck that was meant to be the book Yanza, The Fountainhead by oh, Anne Rand. Oh, yeah. And obviously, at 13, I didn't know who the fuck Anne Rand was. Yeah, certainly um, not in the UK. <laughs> yeah, and when he hands it to her. and Might explain what Anne Rand is just for anyone. So she was, I don't fully know her, but she was a, a philosopher and author who was, I want to say German, but I could be wrong. Now she's a philosopher. And now? she <laughs> she wrote a couple of books, Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged are her two most famous ones, and they're both massive. I actually watched, they made a film of Atlas Shrugged. It's in three parts. Mm. It's low budget as fuck. Mm. Uh, it's got Daisy from the original Super Mario Brothers in it, Samantha Mathis. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and it what i didn't realize like i watched it and it just it was a shit film it was really shit and what you come to realize is it uh, i don't want to say anything that's wrong because i'm not super familiar with her but i think she's basically super right wing right and she had this philosophy that was like ultra unfettered capitalism Mm. like proper just like nothing matters but making money sort of thing yeah and robbie Uh, quotes her doesn't he and he well he i don't know if it's a quote from her but he says i've been reading this it's given me a lot of ideas and then says some people matter and some people don't yeah mate if you ever need to check if you are being a douchebag just ask yourself Am I paraphrasing a line said by Albert Wesker in Resident <laughs> Evil Five when he says only a handful of humans truly matter? <laughs> that is a f- that is a joke for VGMP, not for yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cut it. I'll cut it. No, 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 no. I want I want to help the cross bleed between right. the two. <laughs> yeah. And then, as you said, at the end, he ends up because he, he gets away because due to the class discrepancy, yes. everyone assumes, including her dad, including her dad, that Patrick Swayze is the father of the baby that ends up getting aborted. Yeah. One thing I do want to show just quickly shout out as well, she didn't get this often in the 80s. What a great representation of a platonic friendship between a man and a woman. Yes. With Penny no, 100%. and uh, Johnny. Yeah, there's never any suggestion that they've been sleeping together. He no. genuinely loves her. But everyone her. assumes that they do. Yeah, because, because they get of on the so attitude well. back then. And, like, when she's. When uh, Baby finds her crying in the kitchen. Um, Patrick Swayze comes in, there's never a hesitation, there's never any worry about what it looks like. He goes straight away to her, looks after her, says, okay, everything's going to be alright. And he's right there with her, like you would expect from, well, to be fair, from a partner or a best friend. Mm. And, obviously, in this case, there's never a suggestion that they've ever slept together. In fact, he's quite insulted no, by think, that. I think, I think it's she, more that she's like a sister to him. I think there's a bit where she asks, you know, they've got that mutual friend, the one who carries the watermelons, yeah. who, unfortunately, I don't know his... I didn't catch his name in the no. whole film. He comes in every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's a bit where Baby actually asks him if they were ever together, and he says no. Yeah. Um, but anyway, It's just because so... they have such hot chemistry while dancing. Yeah. That's why everyone assumes that they must be fucking... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so... Th- um, Robbie's going to get away with it. But then he outs himself right at the end when yeah. Jerry Orbach gives him a gift of money to help him through his next year at uni. Yeah. And the guy's just like, oh, and thank you for taking care of that penny situation. We've all been in situations like this before, am I right? And Jerry Orbach's like, what? And he goes, well, you know, I don't know for sure. You know, girls like that probably outballing every guy in the... Yeah, in the thing, and Jerry Hobo just snatches just... the money back off him and sticks it in his pocket, and yeah. he's like, "Yeah, fuck you." He should have punched him. Though. I kind of wish he punched him. Yeah, he should have I mean, punched It, it would have not fit in the scene because it was it was swelling up to the romantic ending, wasn't it? So yeah. having a bit of vi- man testosterone violence probably not right, but he deserved a good smack in the face. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. It, it, that, that was a one I mean, he did get one earlier from Patrick Swayze, which was incredibly well-earned. Yeah. And actually, I was kind of surprised that Robbie kept that to himself because Patrick Swayze could have gotten sacked just from that, attacking yeah. a guest. So I don't... It's never explained why Robbie seemed to have, like, one small element of honour, in which case he kept that to himself. Maybe it's I think a, it's self-preservation. Do I you think, think it's ego because he didn't want to admit he got beaten up? I think it's ego, and I think it's a little bit of self-preservation because... I think the owner would still be pissed that he'd impregnated one of the. Well, you wouldn't have dancers. to tell him that. it would just be. You know. Yeah, but the the answer, but they, it would be like well, what was the, the truth fight would about? out, wouldn't it? The yeah. truth would out, I suppose. Even if he said no, he's lying. Why the hell would I yeah. have sex with her? But yeah, at some um, point, I Definitely love the, s- the implication. Yeah, the implication. I love the soundtrack to this film. Oh, great You've said soundtrack! That before. Phenomenal, one um, of the best. Absolutely brilliant time of your life, hungry eyes, big girls don't cry, Um, she's like the wind, Patrick Swayze. Um, Is she? Ha ha ha. Mm. Um, i honestly don't know I'm, I'm trying to think of negatives to say about the film so that this is a fair and balanced episode but other okay, than so the possibility let's... of the two nerd characters being a little bit they you subs- don't need them you both don't need both yeah Th- there are no glaring flaws in this it's not a flawed movie no. um okay so if if we need because we obviously we have both enjoyed this film you've seen it before and you've watched it regularly and loved it I've never seen it before. Yeah. And I've immediately taken to it. Yeah. Um, which I did not expect. I expected to kind of like the retro-ness of it, mm. but I didn't expect to like it as a film per se. Uh, but I do. I think it's great. Um, so let's look at some of the negatives those reviews stated. It stated. Mm. Uh, one of the reviews you stated that it was. Vapid uh, or the, yeah, a lot of them. Again, it was all it was all genre bias. It was mm. people saying, "Oh, it's just this frothy little romance. Or it's silly, uh, idiot plot." Was yeah, I never understood the Ebert. idiot plot. I'm like, yeah, it's like Ebert bad take, bro. Yeah, I'm like, I like yeah. Ebert usually. I think a lot yeah. of his takes are pretty solid, but that one that but was a miss for me. The question I have on like idiot plot: the plot is consistent. Mm. tonally and logistically, apart yeah. from maybe what we mentioned before about the two yeah. nerds uh, convoluting yeah, I, that element of it. Fair enough, it's not fucking, I don't know. It's not It's not a uh, scientific fucking... The foundation or something. Look, but... It's not 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. But if you came to Dirty Dancing expecting 2001 A Space Odyssey, that, mm. oh, that's on you. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Exactly, but that's on you. You yeah. weren't going to get Existential Crisis... No. In dirty dancing. No. That's the wrong genre. What you do get is what I thought was a really fucking relatable plot. Yeah. Someone who is working class, like I when I say I relate to Johnny here, I do not mean I look anything like Johnny. (laughs) I look exactly like Patrick Swayze in this film. Of course. One hundred pounds add three hundred pounds. Um too much actually. I have no concept of weight. Um hundred pounds? Uh, I'm at least two Newtons heavier. <laughs> two Newtons? Yeah. What's a Newton? Newton. Oh, Newton. Yeah, I said it wrong. <sighs> we need to wrap up now. Well, it, you had the old ton, and now you have the newton, which was invented by Sir Isaac Newton. <laughs> Same time he <we> invented Mavity. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. oh, oh. Let's look that's my, that's that my one per episode Doctor Who, do, ref. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, um, should we throw out a quick shout-out to Wayne Knight? Wayne Knight's in this movie? Yes. Uh, he's only a very small part in this yeah. movie. I'm guessing Playing he's a one proper of his... hacky comedian, isn't he? Yeah, but he plays it well. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the I finally started dating out. a girl who's exactly like my mother. Took her home to meet my parents. My father doesn't like her. You said he's basically me in this film. Yeah. <laughs> you know him. what? Dye Dye if I could have way... the career of Wayne Knight, I'd be a happy Dye man. Dye his hair blue and give him laser eye surgery and he's you. Yeah. And fuck up his knees. Yeah. <laughs> We don't know. He might have bad knees anyway. We he don't might have know bad knees. I've never seen him do his own stunts. Um, what are you talking about? You mean he didn't actually get flattened in Space Jam? Or eaten by a dinosaur? And then inflated? Oh, shit. I forgot he was in Space Jam. Yeah. Oh, no. That was terrible. He gets terrible. pancakes. It was awful. It was a horrifying Cronenbergian nightmare. It was. It nightmare. was. It, it, one, the one time where it was like, is this going to get dark? Is this going deeper? Mm. What's going on? So I think that's all there is to say, really. Yeah, I, I haven't got much to over say. I am this film enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to say that I would recommend this film. I know we don't do that on this particular show generally, but actually I really enjoyed this one. Oh, 100%. Uh, there's very few of the shows we've watched at the moment that I've never seen before yeah. that I'm like, hell yeah, I'd watch that again. Yeah. I'd watch that again right now. Yeah, yeah, like, Great film. It's, it's very rare. Like, there's a, to be and fair, it's... it's rare that there's a film that you'd watch yeah. immediately after having just watched it. Yeah. I would watch that again. Yeah, yeah, I would. And I don't think it's um it's like a bit of friends where he goes, Should we watch Die Hard Two? Joey, this is Die Hard One again. Yeah, but if we watch it a second time, then it's Die Hard Two. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I think the last thing I'm gonna say is this has a reputation as a chick flick. Mm, I don't think it is. I mean I could see I could see the majority of the audience being women. And why? Yeah. But this is this is not a film that, if a man watches it, he's going to be miserable the entire time because I think there's enough drama and pathos there to keep a man entertained as well. Yeah. I don't think... Because like I understand why something like, I don't know, like a Hallmark romance movie is mm. like, yeah, I'd be bored out of my fucking mind watching that. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've got to say. I, I agree with you. I'd watch it again right now and I highly recommend people do watch it. Nice. And uh, by this time next year, we'll be millionaires. No, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, I want to look like Patrick Stewart. Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Patrick well, we could do that. I've got some razors somewhere. <laughs> you be Patrick Stewart. I'll be Patrick Swayze. How about now? But I've got the blue hair I'll that Patrick pa- Swayze had in this film. i Patrick Dempsey then. How about that? He's Patrick Dempsey? He's some guy from ER that everyone fancies. Okay, I'll be George Clooney. Okay fine <laughs> there are no sexy blue haired celebrities are there no not that are men anyway no i'll be the first it is not i'll be the first gotta be a celebrity first i am a <laughs> anyway uh thank you everyone for listening we hope you enjoy the show and i hope we continue to enjoy the show if you're interested in checking out our sister show vgmp the video game movie podcast which releases episodes every saturday mm-hmm uh, there we review video game based movies. Those are both films that are adapted from video games. For instance, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Silent the Hedgehog, etc, etc. But we also do films that are tangentially related to video games, such as uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Hackers, um Joysticks, dear lord! Um, Why did you go with joysticks? <laughs> it was the one that popped in my head. We did watch an amazing one—a stone cold classic, something that people. Black have... Heaven, yeah, which people was amazing. Who, if you like STC and you like deep, intelligent films, Black Heaven is the one. Do not watch Joysticks. Watch Black yeah. Heaven. Uh, yeah, joysticks joysticks avoid like the Plague. Yeah. Uh, but that show's a little bit more comedy-focused, but it's still film analysis. Also, if you'd like to listen to our audio drama, Haunted the Audio Drama, that is a full-cast horror adventure with a dash of comedy, uh, sort of an X-Files meets Doctor Who thing. And that releases episodes every Sunday with previews on Wednesdays. Nice. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you for the next film.